Hi there, and welcome to the Kingdom Sexuality Podcast. We're Alana, Kyle, and Tira, friends who have a heart for intimacy and long to uncover God's truth and design for sexual freedom within marriage. Welcome here. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Kingdom Sexuality Podcast. Uh, we are going to get into some, some good stuff today. Uh, I'm really excited. But before we do, we are going to start out with a verse. It's uh, the verse for this, well, this episode. I was going to say series, but just the episode, is Ecclesiastes 8.15. So I commend the enjoyment of life because there is nothing better for a person under the sun than to eat and drink and be glad. Then joy will accompany them in their toil all the days of the life God has given them under the sun. Seems fitting. Nice. (laughs) For the enjoyment that God has given us with orgasms. All right. Anyways, (laughs) let's go into the review. (laughs) Um. So this one is from L Family 424. They titled it Life Changing, gave us five stars. I've really enjoyed this podcast. So informative. I'm no longer Googling questions and concerns and coming up with disappointing. I'm coming up disappointed with the answers. My marriage has benefited immensely. Ugh, that is amazing. Yeah. We're so glad to be your Google. Yeah. Right? <laughs> King of sexuality. The safe Google sex yeah. podcast. <laughs> safe sex Google. okay but we all know you're here because you want to listen to stuff about orgasms so let's get into it Um, how many times do you think we're going to say orgasms so many times (laughs) i'm going to tally this when i edit this (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so many times you'll be sick of it um but i wanted to give a brief like multiple times (laughs) (laughs) you could say that um, sheesh, stop interrupting me. <laughs> Sorry, I'll let you finish. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, outline, outline of the theories. Um, these are some things we're going to be touching on, not necessarily in this episode specifically, but just throughout the course of this series, which the number of episodes is TBD. So, um, what is an orgasm? What types are there? How do I achieve it? What do I do if I can't achieve it? How husbands can support their wives in trying to achieve it, an orgasm. Um, Orgasms and toys. What about, what, (laughs) sorry. Okay, what about if my or my partner's ability to orgasm is affected by pornography and how do I achieve multiples? So this is going to be a heavy hitter. This will be a good one. I'm excited. Yeah, lots to talk about. Yeah, so let's start at the top then. What is an orgasm? All right. So in uh, Emily Nagoski's book, Come As You Are, which is a fantastic book, highly recommended. Link in the show notes if you're interested. Uh, she describes an orgasm this way. She says, orgasms feel different to everyone and orgasms can care- can vary from each other. Depending on the mode of stimulation, whether you have a partner with you, maybe even where you are on your menstrual cycle, any number of factors. Sometimes you feel a rhythmic pulsing of the muscles around your vagina, sometimes not. And then this is kind of the part that I thought was the best is the main thing most women describe most of the time is a sense of doneness, a sense that you've crossed crossed a threshold and something has completed orgasm is the sudden involuntary release of sexual tension Hmm. so there's a lot there it's almost like three different different definitions but i think if you put it all together you can get a pretty good idea 
of what it actually is. Mm-hmm. But that's just an author's definition. So we wanted some real life descriptions of what it is. So we pulled you guys. So we put up a poll on our Instagram and asked you guys to give us feedback as to what does it feel like for you? Mm-hmm. How would you describe it? And a lot of the responses were, it feels orgasmic, <laughs> which is super helpful, guys. Um, but the more detailed responses we got were really interesting. So Alana, why don't you share those? Yeah, yeah. It was really neat to to see the different responses that people had. Lots of them were similar, but some of them were really different. And so I wanted to kind of get a very of, uh, put in, like, to be able to share with you guys kind of the different description. So um, this is what women said. So this is when women were describing what an orgasm felt like to them. Um, waves of muscles contracting and releasing starts as warmth down there and spreads to other body parts as well. Pulsating intensity that radiates out incredible and varies from time to time. Sometimes it almost hurts good, if that makes sense. It's like being tickled, but much more intense. Electric shock. Actually, quite a number of people compared it to tickling, which is, I thought was very interesting. Um, tightening, then release, also pulsing, release of pent-up tension, and vulnerable. Mm. That was so. like a very like, philosophical answer yeah. there. I know, I know, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, and then the men yeah, um, said, it's like all the stress is leaving my body, it's like a team reset at 100. An overwhelming explosion of pleasure like a release of pressure and satisfying pleasure, a full body tingle. (laughs) Sorry, I don't know why I find that funny. (laughs) That's good, okay. Um, Long intense buildup followed by a volcanic eruption of bliss. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Like my world is quiet and my mind is loud. That one was also really interesting. Yeah, that's another deep one metaphorical yeah (laughs) so interesting so i wanted to go into um an interesting uh, book that i'm reading called awaken love uh, by ruth i don't know how to say her name her last name buzis uh anyway she describes different orgasms uh three different types so there's clitoral orgasm g-spot orgasm and a deep spot orgasm and like i've read a few um, sex books now where they <laughs> describe orgasms. And honestly, she does an amazing job at like mm. going into the full detail. So I'm just going to read like the descriptions of them. And I found it really helpful because, uh, it can help us women understand our body a little more. Like each one of these orgasms feels slightly different. Uh, so, you know, if you, if you hear somebody describe what it's like for them and you think, Oh, well, I don't feel it that way. Maybe, maybe I'm not mm-hmm. orgasming, you know, like by, by defining, uh, which one you have, it, it might feel validating that. Okay, good. Uh, it's okay that you feel different. I feel it this way. Um, yeah, I think another way, like another reason it's good to know is you can like, say you r- orgasm one way consistently and you're wanting to change things up. It's like, okay, Let's try to get the other kind. Let's try to Mm -hmm. start for one of these. Um, So yeah, so it's, it allows for like differentiation um, and extra fun. So 
I'll start with um, the clitoral orgasm. So clitoral orgasms create the most physically intense, clearly defined orgasm. Generally, women can feel exactly where the orgasm came from and when they are done having one. These orgasms are often accompanied by pulsing of the pelvic floor muscles, vagina, and sometimes even the uterus. Sometimes after the orgasm has happened, their clitoris may feel painfully sensitive. Clitoral orgasms are generally the easiest to learn by using manual or oral stimulation. So this is the one that usually happens with oral and easiest to figure out um, on your own or together because it's more mm-hmm. kind of on the outside. Okay. So the next one is G-spot right. orgasm. So women who have a G-spot Orgasm describe a completely different experience than a clitoral orgasm. It's more of a full body orgasm, less defined pleasure, culminating in bearing down or pushing out during orgasm. Science has discovered different nerve pathways for the G-spot versus the clitoral orgasm, confirming that the two very different experiences exist. So the G-spot is located on the front wall, like tummy side of the vagina, about an inch um, or an inch and a half inside, and it can feel like the textured roof of your mouth. Uh, So I know we talk about this in the anatomy episode. So if you want more detail about that, you can go and listen to that. Um, So when Kyle calls it the uh, clitoral cluster in there. (laughs) Oh, right, right. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So when the G-spot orgasm happens, your body will bear down and your vagina will push out hard enough to remove a finger. So scientists have yet to prove that the G-spot exists as there's no specific place or organ that they can physically identify. So that you can hear, you hear that a lot that like G-spot is something and it isn't something. (laughs) So, okay, the last one, deep spot orgasm or a spot. So this is the lesser known orgasm and it is described as a surefire rapid trigger for orgasm transmitted through the same nerve system as the G-spot. Deep spot orgasms feel very similar, a full body pushing out a pleasure. Its location is deep inside the vagina near the cervix, typically located on the front wall. Some women enjoy stimulation on the back wall. Similar to the G spot, the deep spot uh, responds to firm stimulation. The tricky part is it hurts if you bang into the cervix. So (laughs) this one is maybe harder to do. Typically, when having intercourse, women who experience deep spot orgasm enjoy the deep thrusting just at the right time. At high arousal, the uterus tips up and the vagina balloons out to create better access to the deep spot. So as with the G-spot, the deep spot is not an area that scientists can dissect, so they can't prove or disprove the existence of it. So I kind of thought it was interesting to hear three of three different kinds like they do definitely Mm -hmm. sound different right like in your experience with each of them Mm -hmm. would feel different (laughs) right yeah the deep spot when you're talking about it reminds me of like the ocean and like those parts that people just haven't really (laughs) explored yet (laughs) (laughs) this is the deep spot yeah 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 (laughs) but no we've definitely had a lot of messages from people in the past too being like you know, you talked about it in this way, but I experienced it this way. Does that mean that's incorrect or have I not actually had an orgasm? Or sometimes it feels like I've had one, but maybe not to the full extent. And so I think it's good to talk about this and realize that there's a varying experience that people could be having. And even in like, you know, like you mentioned, Kyle, depending on where you're at in your cycle, even like things like that, like I didn't know that was a thing. So it's like, oh, well, maybe I kind of had like a, a halfer. It was like kind of an orgasm, but kind of not. Like, I don't know. <laughs> so like, but to realize that, oh, maybe there's a purpose for that. Maybe there's a reason that that's the case. 
So I think that's helpful. Yeah. I'd be yeah. curious to know how many women can actually like differentiate these. Huh? I mean, like for me, I, I mean, we'll talk about the different types for men, but <laughs> I can't, differ- I can't differentiate any of them. It's like, mm-hmm. it, it, it seems like, and I think most women would agree with me. It's just a different level of intensity. It's not like yeah, completely different sensations. So this this is very interesting for me. I wonder how many women can actually like differentiate all these. <laughs> yeah, these I think you types. can a little bit. I think yeah, you can a little bit. Yeah. I'm curious. Yeah. We should put this. I'm, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I just like hope me and Kyle are, or Tira are kind of like, oh, well, yeah, no, maybe. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it is a curious thing because yeah. maybe some women are experiencing such like a different one and they don't even know it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm. Yes. This is interesting. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to see if there was uh, different types for men. Um, and the biggest thing I think is that ejaculation and orgasm are not the same thing for guys. So ejaculation is literally just the expulsion of semen from the penis Whereas okay. orgasm is like the feeling of intense pleasure, relaxation, connection, connection like the, it is the climax. Although they do very often, almost all the time. I was like, I thought that hand, was right? the same thing. Yeah. So, so it, yeah, it, it is. What's that? So you can have one without the other. Some people claim that they can. I mean, no experience there, but um, <laughs> who, I think Dan from uh, Get Your Marriage On, he did a post about how these two are different and they don't necessarily have to coincide. Um, I'll try to find it and I'll link it in the show notes for those interested. But I did find an article that laid out seven different types of male orgasm. So I haven't vetted any of this. I have no idea um, (laughs) what the the guys are going to think. But we'll link this in the show notes too and you guys can let us know, excuse me, what you think. So there's the ejaculatory or a standard orgasm. And the article says, this is a general type of orgasm most men experience when they have sex. When a man is stimulated physically or psychologically, he gets an erection, blood flows to the penis, and yeah, you we all kind of know this one. Then there's a blended orgasm or a whole body orgasm. This is when multiple areas of your body are being touched and pleasured simultaneously. They can occur when you're in the middle of fast-paced sex or when you're slowly building up. This is a great way to get loads of the erogenous zones lighting up all at once. And then they talk about multiples and then there's a wet dream, which, yeah, okay, I guess that's different. Mm-hmm. And then um, a pelvic orgasm. So they basically call edging a different type of orgasm. So edging, for those of you who don't know, is like you get right up to the edge of having an orgasm and then back off. And then you do that a few times so that when it actually happens, it's more intense. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a thing couples can do together. Um, might be worth an episode one day. Yeah, we should. Hmm. Um then there's the prostate orgasm, which is like the male G-spot or they call it the P-spot, um, <laughs> and which I've heard of before. And then there's a dry orgasm. This one I've never heard of. Although we often associate male orgasms with ejaculation, it doesn't have to be part of the equation for a man to orgasm. Known as a dry orgasm, a small percentage of men can orgasm without producing any kind of fluid. Wow. So there you go. Interesting. I think we should do a poll and find out. Yeah, let's let's do it. I, I, like I'm really curious. Like yeah. that's I've never heard of that. That sounds interesting. Yeah. So, like we did, if you've listened to our oral sex uh, series, you know that we kind of want to weave in more data, data, however you say it, 
we did this last time in the oral <laughs> episode, but I'm going to use both just because uh, whatever feels natural. So we want to provide more data in our episodes and we want to make them a little bit more credible. And we have a big enough following now that we can get a really good data set from you guys. I think this time we got close to 5,000 people responding to the survey mm-hmm. between the men and the women. I think it was like 3,500 women and 1,500 men. Okay. So um, we asked about 30 questions ranging from things like, how did you first orgasm? How long did it take you after you were married to orgasm? Have you ever had them with toys? Stuff like that. So we're going to kind of um, lay this episode and the next episode out kind of based around those questions. And then we'll give you guys all of the uh, responses and then any that we don't give if you're on Patreon, we post all of the full results of the survey to all of our patrons. So the first question was, have you ever had an orgasm? 95% of wives said that they have had an orgasm in their life. 99.6% of men said that they have had an orgasm in their life. So wait, you said wives and men. Okay, sorry. Wives and husbands. So they had to be married before... No, no, this is, have you ever had it in your lifetime? So, it should so the wives, so yeah, I should have said 95% of the women who took the survey. Oh, okay. Yeah, I yeah, see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So gotcha. now this question was like, have they ever had an orgasm ever in their life? Not like, have you had continued or regular orgasm, right? Right. Okay. Uh, so it, if we're interested, the, like the general stats for regularly orgasming, uh, for men is 95% of the time and women is 65% of the time. So mm-hmm. I thought I'd just throw that in there. Yeah. This is probably one of the most common things that you see when it comes to orgasm research is men are very close to hundred percent and yeah. women are not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The orgasm gap. Yeah, totally. As it's called. Yeah. 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 So the next question we asked was about how easily people thought it would be to orgasm. Mm -hmm. And this is specifically in the context of marriage. So the question was meant to be, yeah, in the context of marriage, but I didn't explicitly state that in the survey. So I can't guarantee that's how everyone interpreted it. But here's what the response was. And it was literally exactly what Tira just said. So 66% of women said that they assumed orgasm would be easy to achieve. 95% of men said that they assumed orgasm would be easy to achieve. Hmm. And then I'm, I'm actually a little bit surprised that women expected it that low. Yeah, I thought you women know, I would be like, it's going to be so easy. It'll be no problem. Like I, I, I would have thought lower <laughs> than the guys, but I wouldn't have thought it to be that low. Like that's a little bit sad to... to... Right. Or is it kind of a result of the fact that this information is becoming more available and the reality is more out there than it was in the yeah, past. Maybe. maybe. Yeah. I hope so. Maybe I hope like, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I hope they don't set themselves up with low expectations. Like, Oh, I assume exactly. I just won't because it will be really difficult or maybe they assume it won't be easy, but that they'll put the work in to do it. I don't know. That's why you're listening, yeah. right? To get yeah. better tips exactly. on to not be that stat of exactly. <laughs> women not orgasming. You're here because you want yeah. more. Mm-hmm. So this will get even more interesting now because we added a question for the husbands here and we said, did you assume that orgasm was going to be easy for your wife to achieve? And only 53% said yes. 
Oh, interesting. Okay, wait so, a minute. So only just over 50% of husbands thought it would be easy for their wife. Yes. Hmm. So it's I almost think- like husbands knew the difficulties for the wives more so than good. the wives did. It is good. I agree. Right? I totally yeah. agree. It is good. Um, because I think it sets right. themselves up for realizing mm-hmm. there's work to be done. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, we also asked, ha- what had you been told about orgasms prior to marriage? And this was probably the saddest response because 90 plus percent of them were some form of nothing, mm, which yeah. is not shocking, but it is still really sad. Yeah. And for me personally, it reinforces the importance of this conversation, but also starting this conversation with your kids at the appropriate time. Yeah. Yeah. Before marriage. Like the importance of this being a normal thing, not a taboo thing, right? Mm -hmm. This needs to be normalized. And that's not to say that parents have to talk about orgasms with their kids, right? I mean, like (laughs) I said, it's got to be at the appropriate time. Everyone knows their own kid the best. Um, But like for me, I, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. My no, my parents said nothing about this. I had no idea. I, I didn't even know this was a thing for women to struggle with. And I, I would equate it to breastfeeding. When we had our first kid, I thought breastfeeding was just like, put the kid on the boob. Okay, go. Right. I, I didn't realize there were so many like difficulties. like technique with, and. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know there were so many difficulties and it was yeah. that it was like such a big thing. And I would mm. I, I would say I feel the exact same way about orgasms. Yeah, I, I just like had that's no good, idea. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So huh. if you are out there and you're like, oh my gosh, I have to talk to my kids about this. Like <laughs> I haven't even talked to them about sex. I haven't even talked to them mm-hmm. about anything. So we have two courses that um, partners of ours have done. So Birds and Bees did a course and it is really, 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 really good. My wife and I went through it. It's about like an hour long video. And then there's like a worksheet you can kind of work through, but we finished that course and felt so confident and so almost like excited to talk to our kids about it. So I absolutely recommend it. And then, um, what's Brandy's last name? Brandy Harris. Brandy Harris. So she also did one Mm -hmm. and my wife and I are in the midst of it. So I don't have a comment on it at this exact moment because we're not fully done it, but um, I'm excited for it, although it is different. So I think there's going to be different af- different applications for both of those, but those are in the show notes yeah. as well. So if you're not confident in having this conversation, I highly recommend buying a course. I think the birds and bees one was like, I think we got it on Black Friday for 70 bucks or something. Like it was totally reasonable, totally worth it, lifetime access. And mm-hmm. you can just go back to it whenever you want. So that's nice definitely, to have definitely, definitely recommend it. So that you can watch mm-hmm. it now. Yeah. To know what's going to come up later. Like, and then yeah, watch totally. it again at the right time. Yeah. Yeah. Download it. Give it to your grandkids one day. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a weird thought. Yeah. So here are some of the responses we got from people who were told something about orgasms. And this is specifically uh, the women. So I'll definitely reach it on my honeymoon, if not on my wedding night. Oh, man. They are amazing. They are fun. That they felt good. That they were bad. 
that they were super easy to get and everyone got them fast. Wow. Nothing really at all. I ended up asking my mom about them and she apparently was superwoman early in her marriage and had it only with penetrative (laughs) alone very easily. That it felt like the relief after a sneeze, but better. (laughs) Lots of people said that actually and no way to describe it too. Um, They just happened that they are the goal of sex. Mm. So those were, uh, yeah, people who were told some things. And then here were some of the more positive responses, I guess you could say in air quotes. Um, Women don't typically orgasm and that it takes work for the women to achieve. They would take a very long time for women to achieve. Women don't usually have them. It's difficult as a woman, etc. It wasn't just from penetration alone. Only that women can orgasm multiple times while men cannot. So some more realistic things that people have been told. But honestly, that was five. And that was probably all of them in the entire thing. And there was like 3,500 people who responded. So yeah, it was really, really sad. Wow. wow. Uh, And the husbands were the same. Over 90% of them were some form of nothing. But here were some of the ones that weren't nothing. So one person said, women had multiples. It's all about pleasure. Women would often fake them. Mm -hmm. Your job is to make your woman achieve an orgasm. And then here are some of the more positive ones. My wife probably wouldn't be able to during intercourse. I guess I shouldn't say more positive. But like, I don't know if that's positive. Sorry. Yeah, I take that. (laughs) Some of the more maybe realistic ones. Yeah. Um, My wife probably wouldn't be able to during intercourse. Wasn't what the movies say. Gotta work to make it work. Easy for men, hard for women. Tough for women, easy for men. Make her orgasm first or attempt to at least. Mm-hmm. So what stands out to me right away is how many more positive messages the husbands were given because that was five. There were probably, I probably could have listed like 30 positive ones or not positive, but more realistic ones from the husbands. Wow. And yeah, that was that was really surprising to me. It seems like even if we go back to the previous one, the husbands kind of had a bit more of a grasp to the difficulty that it is for women and the work that it takes compared to their own. Why do you think that is? I have no idea. Maybe because we're doing our job well. Interesting. Like, I don't know. Huh. It's yeah. just really interesting to think about. Mm. But I was thinking too, because I know I saw the one that women would often fake them. And it's so interesting. I saw a reel the other day. There's this girl, I don't know if you guys have probably seen this. She'll dress up in different outfits, pretending to be like different parts of like, she's the vagina and she's got a certain hat on or she's got, she's like the clitoris and she's got something on. Have you guys seen that? And then, okay. So then she's in one, it's like this like pink jacket all done up and she's like the penis and it's like, she's jumping like so it's like pretending anyways and then the girl at the checkout the like the vagina hotel she's like oh like he's like I think I'm almost there and she's like oh my goodness he really thinks like and she's like oh well look what's around the corner and it's like just like a cutout cardboard cutout of the girl and it says like fake orgasm and so it's just anyways it just things like that where it's just like I was like oh my gosh like that's kind of more harmful than it is good. Like, yeah, it was funny maybe. But I was like, so how many women are going to watch this and be like, oh, if he's not doing it right, just to help him finish and be done, I'm just going to fake an orgasm so this can be over already. I was like, ah, like this is so awful. 
there was one um, quote in one of the books that talked that that just said like faking your orgasm is just training your spouse to keep doing not the right thing. Yeah, <laughs> like it's just exactly. Yeah, something that I found interesting with this, like, yeah, was that the guys mentioned that it would take work. Um, which I view as a good thing. Like they know that it's not just going to be um, easy. Um, the women, the women only, I think only one of them said it, right? Um, mm-hmm. And none of them mentioned it being working as a couple. Like mm, like teamwork. Yeah. You know, like each of them, like the guys would say, oh yeah, it's, it's going to take a lot of work. Um, instead of like, yeah, we'll have to figure it out together or it may take us a while to get there or like something like that. Mm. Um, and I was curious if work wasn't mentioned from the female side, because again, it would just, it, it just proves that we just don't talk about sex in the detail that we currently do. Like it's just expected that it happens. And um, you know, that whole narrative of, you know, well, we don't want to let your husband down, you know, don't be too much work, mm-hmm. you know? And ju- yeah. Just that same uh, same amount of bad talk, you know. Um, yeah. The well, other thing, I think. To- oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think if you were to ask, I mean, we didn't ask this in the survey, but just even ha- the number of people who never had any talk about sex from their parents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's probably. Sure, be high. <laughs> it's probably yeah, around fifty percent at least. I'd say. Yeah. That had nothing. Like my parents only talked to me about it. Like we had one, like sit down the talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I came from my, my mom's a nurse. So we, we got quite a few, but I feel like I was the odd one that had more yeah. <laughs> knowledge. No, I didn't. We moved from a bigger city to a smaller city. So before I moved, I remember my mom sitting me down with like this book and showing me pictures and, but that was, that was about it. I was like, okay, because I wasn't going to get that education at the school I was going to. They wouldn't teach that there. So, oh, interesting, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, but I really, I think it's interesting the whole, like how you mentioned here, like that narrative of, well, you don't want to let your husband down. Mm-hmm. And men are probably feeling the exact same way. They're like, oh my goodness, like I'm letting my wife down. Like, I, I don't know. Do, do you think men have that same sort of narrative in their, in their mind if their wife isn't achieving an orgasm? Yeah, we go. I think I asked something like that in in later in the survey about um, if men felt that their uh, like ability in the bedroom was negatively affected because their wife mm-hmm. couldn't orgasm, and the response was like mostly yes. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, I definitely think that men wear this uh, pretty pretty hard mm-hmm. when they can't get their wife there. They they see it as like a failure on their part. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure the wife feels like it's a failure on her part too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, Another thing too, that I thought I would just point out too, is that there was a few things about like, okay, orgasm is the goal of sex and, you know, keep trying. What is it for the guys? You know, your job is to make a woman achieve orgasm. Um, I think sometimes we put too much pressure on like orgasm is the one and only end goal. You know, right. whereas I think it should more be just around pleasure and what brings you pleasure. And yeah, if you want to get to orgasms and you want to work together, yes, go for it. But mm-hmm. don't have the pressure like, 
oh man, we, neither of us got there. Only one of us got there. You know, that was a complete failure. Well, if you keep putting that pressure on yourself, that's not going to help, help things help you Mm -hmm. orgasm anymore. And if you just have it more of like, okay, let's, let's keep achieving pleasure and let's keep trying to achieve more, you know, and have that be the center of just enjoying each other and pleasuring each other in whatever capacity is good for you at that time, you know? Yeah. Anatomy of us always says it's about pleasure and connection. As long as those two mm-hmm. things are being achieved, then yeah, you're good. And I, I, I use that all the time now. It's, it's so good. Just um, pressure so much off. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah. But I, I will say that again, I'm not a woman, but I do empathize with the women who, who are like, yeah, like sex does feel good and we do have pleasure and connection, but they still have that desire to get to orgasm. Yes. And, yes. and, and I think that's okay. Right. Yes, as long as, absolutely. as long as like what you've said, you know, it's not, uh, like the pressure of getting there is not negatively affecting sex as a whole. Yeah. Right? Oh, heck yeah. Like, oh yeah. We're still having great sex. And one day I would still love to get there. I think yeah, that's yeah. totally okay to still want it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, like that was me for years. It was just, right. Like that was my entire story was just like, and I remember someone commenting once or sending a message and they're like, oh yeah, I don't. And so sex is just not good because we just, I don't orgasm. And I was like, girl, like that's not the point. <laughs> like, so it's, and it's hard when you're in that, like obviously for her, she was feeling, you know, lots of other things that it wasn't just maybe that she had other stuff going on. But at the same time, you're like, this is still a, a wonderful thing. Like sex is still an awesome way to, you know, be connected with your spouse and feel close and feel that bond and all those other beautiful things that God intends sex to be. And then orgasm is like the icing and the cherry on top. So let's talk more about how someone can achieve it. I feel like that would be a good, let's talk about it now. Yeah. So, um, some of the data that we had for how people got there was pretty interesting. So we asked if you had had your first orgasm inside marriage. So the, your first orgasm ever, was it in your marriage? And 64% of women said no. 95% of the men said no. Okay. okay. So, I mean... That's not really that shocking. I mean, the guy stat didn't shock me at all. I would actually say I'm surprised it's not higher. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we followed that up by asking how you achieved your first orgasm. And so this is first orgasm at all. And so, so this is all just for women, right? Yeah. So this is for women. So women said 67% via manual stimulation. via intercourse, 8% with a toy, 8% said other, and then 1% said nipple stimulation. And then those who said other, we asked them to clarify. And so we got a wide range of responses. And so I'll go through like some of the more notable ones. Um, Grinding, dry humping, and then we have a slew of water-related ones. So we have the tub faucet, <laughs> the shower head, the jacuzzi jet, a pillow, and then my personal favorite, 
accidentally while doing core exercises. <laughs> it's like, I am working out wrong. I don't understand how this is possible for these folks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Send us your workout routine because we'd all love it. Oh, man. Um, making out. Vibration from an electric razor. Which I guess could be manual stimulation or a right. toy. Yeah. Uh, as a child, climbing a tetherball pole. Okay. My boyfriend pushed on my lower stomach while making out, squeezing my legs together tightly. Hmm. Right. Wow. So, yeah, lots of people have had very different first orgasm yeah. experiences. Uh, and then, but there were a lot where it was a combination. So like intercourse worth a toy or masturbation during intercourse or intercourse with nipple stimulation. So yeah. there were a lot of ones that were like that. Okay. Um, and a lot of the others also said masturbation. So people, I guess, didn't interpret manual stimulation and masturbation as okay. the same thing. Although that is exactly how it was intended. Um, so in reality, you can probably up the manual stimulation percent and lower the other percent. Okay. Right. Just because some people who said other said masturbation, which was manual stimulation. Right. Um, and then silly me didn't put in a haven't had one for this section. So I apologize to those who, Mm. who were in that (laughs) scenario and didn't get to answer. Uh, so for the husband's first orgasm, 87% said via manual stimulation, 9% with intercourse, 4% other, and 0% with a toy. And again, a lot of the other responses were masturbation. So we can probably jump manual yeah. stimulation up yeah. quite a bit higher, or maybe not quite a bit because other was only 4%. So okay. maybe a percent or two. Um, yeah. And for the others with the men, almost all of them were oral. So we probably should have had an oral section because there are actually quite a few women also who said oral. Hmm. Um, right. but the ones that weren't oral for the men, here were a few of them. Wet dream. Makes sense. Yeah. Kissing, visual stimulation and dry humping. Okay. So, for those who struggle to achieve orgasm, it's really to want easy to wonder, like, when is this finally going to happen? Yeah. Which I'm sure every woman who has struggled with this has asked themselves at some point. So on the survey, we asked, how long did it take before you had your first orgasm in marriage? And the wives reported the following. So we broke it up into three-month sections, and then I broke it up into years. So 56% said less than a month. said one to three months, 5% said four to six months, 4% said six to 12 months, 6% said one to two years, 4% said three to five years, 3% said six years or more, and 7% said they haven't had one. To me, this stat is for the the woman or the I say woman because that seems to be who is having struggles having an orgasm, who feels really alone and broken because they haven't ever had an orgasm. It's like depending where you're at in your marriage, like we get messages all the time. It's like you know we're like two months into our marriage and I still haven't had an mm. orgasm yet. Like what is going on with me? Like 
it's amazing that you want this so bad and that you're striving for something and you're working towards it. That's so, so great. But this is a beautiful gift that you get to try and work on this and with this. And like now there's other types of orgasms too <laughs> you work towards, but um, there are so many other people who are also on this journey and likely even your close friends are in this journey somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so to me, this is like an opportunity for you to like have a conversation with friends. Like that's what I did. And that's what I realized like, oh my gosh, my friends are having multiple orgasms, but I haven't had one. Like how the heck, how can I be ha- like, what? <laughs> where's the difference here? So yeah. I think that's a really great opportunity to just, you know, in a safe place. We talked, we have an episode on this, you know, when it's appropriate to be talking about this stuff and when it's not, so you know, your yourself and your boundaries <laughs> and your spouse, but yeah. um, to have a chat with some of your girlfriends and be like, can we just talk about this for a sec? Because I feel kind of alone and I just, I just would love someone to talk about this with. And how did you guys get over this and things like that? Cause it can feel really isolating if you think everyone else is having multiple orgasms every time, but you don't have one. Yeah. Yeah. I saw this when I first saw this response, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like 70% of women are having one within the first three months. Yeah. But then, and this is why I love doing this podcast with you two is I get a completely different perspective because I don't think like a woman. And so right. like what you just said, Alana is seeing these stats can be like a negative thing for a woman. It's like, Oh wow. Like I'm really weird. Like I'm in the 30% that doesn't have one basically right away. Right. Like, that can be mm-hmm. almost detrimental to mm. that journey. But I mean, you could look at it the other way too, right? There's yes. 30% of women who are, it's not right away. So there's, you're not alone. So there's yep. both ways you can look at it. But yeah, like I said, when I first looked at the, at this, I was like, oh, this is amazing. Like 70% of women having it pretty much right off the bat. Yes, yeah. that is amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So we did have a bit of a statistical error here. And being a little bit of a numbers nerd, I just <laughs> wanted to quickly explain this. So we only had two mandatory questions on the entire survey. The first one was, are you married? The second one was, have you ever had an orgasm? And to that second question, we had 162 women say no. Now, this question that we just talked about had 208 people reply that they had never had an orgasm. So overall, we had a hundred. Oh no, sorry, we had 162 people say they've never had one. To the previous question here, to the question at the beginning, have you ever had an orgasm? Oh. We had 208 people reply that they had never had an orgasm. So overall, we've got like, what is it? A hundred or so fewer people that answered this question than the second question asking if you've ever had one. So we've got about 40 or so women who have had an orgasm, but maybe haven't been able to have one with their husband. Mm. So they have had an orgasm. And then this question was in the context of marriage. So they haven't been able to have one with their husband. That's how I interpret that. Yeah, I think that's... yeah. Definitely a thing that has happened for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And I, I think, go ahead, Tira. Yeah. No, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I was going to say, I think manual stimulation that probably accounts for this. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I, I would totally agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So then we went to the husbands and the husbands responded. 97% of them took less than a month, 2%, one to three months. And then it got down to like individual. So mm-hmm. eight, eight guys total said four to six months. Yeah. Two guys said six to 12 months. Eight guys said one to two years. 
four guys said three to five years and nobody had answered six plus years or never had one. So wherever you're at in this survey, in this, all these responses or as a listener and you didn't do the survey, wherever you're at in this journey, please know that you're not alone. And if you are feeling really discouraged and you're feeling like this is never going to happen to you, I think this is an opportunity for you to one, reflect on how far your marriage has come. Look at your marriage and be like, okay, how have we grown? How has there been progress in our marriage? And focus on those things. And then also look forward with like anticipation to know that, okay, no, this is something we can still be working towards. And how exciting that instead of like being in a place of frustration and, you know, feeling dissatisfied and, you know, we can easily get into like pity party zone to instead be like, okay, this is like a fun thing we get to do together. We get to learn together and grow together. And once you get there, it's going to be amazing. And it's going to be so worth it. And so I just want to really encourage you to, if you're have like your heart is in a posture of feeling a bit bitter and resentful and just ungrateful and whatever with this, know you're, you're not alone and it's hard, but there is so much hope and it's going to be amazing when you get there. So um, I'm just going to pray and then we'll end this off. So Jesus, we just thank you so much for every man and woman who is listening to this episode right now. And we just ask that you would bless them, that you would bless their marriage, the closeness and the connection that they're experiencing, that it would be just amazing. That those couples who are navigating this, that you would give them the ability to, to navigate it well, and that they would just find so much pleasure in one another and have really good conversations around this as well, if they haven't yet. So I just ask that you would bless them and their marriages. Amen. 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 And next time, guys, we will be going over more of the like technique and what to do if you're in that situation. So definitely stay tuned for next week, because if you're wondering why we didn't talk about it, it's in the next one. Hey, friends, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like our content, please like, review and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts and tell your friends too. Thanks so much for journeying with us today as we tackled the hard questions and dive deep into godly intimacy. Make sure you follow us on Instagram to see more of our content and check the show notes for any links we might have mentioned in today's episode. We're so grateful to be on this journey with you and we can't wait to see you in the next episode.